From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. जैसे ही क्रिप्टो में इन्वेस्ट करने की सोचो तो अंदर से एक आवाज आती है ये बस फैड है ब्रदर बोल रहा हूं ना इट्स फैशन बात-बात पे काई को इतना इमोशनल होता है इधर आ बहुत हार्ड कुछ नहीं है सब सिंपल है What was once a little known currency on the internet is now mainstream stuff endorsed in advertisements by Bollywood stars like Ayushman Khurana and Ranveer Singh. People are told they can invest in cryptocurrency for as little as rupees 100. There are fixed deposits linked to cryptocurrency and other SIP like investment plans to buy your coin of choice when the price is right. The fine print like other investments is very clear that investors are jumping in at their own risk. Reserve Bank of India Governor Shaktikanta Das however was less than enthusiastic about cryptocurrency at an event this Monday. When the central bank says that we have serious concern, concerns from the point of view of macroeconomic and financial stability there are deeper issues involved there are far deeper issues involved which form part of this uh what i what uh, i have been saying macroeconomic and financial stability i am yet to see serious well informed discussion in the public space on these issues the central bank governor statement came just days after prime minister chaired a meeting on crypto government sources told the times of india that an unregulated crypto market with over the top advertising had to stop The government is also expected to unveil its first law to regulate cryptocurrencies in the upcoming winter session of parliament. Despite the seemingly stern stance on regulation, it seems that we have come a long way from as recently as 2018 when Arun Jaitley was finance minister and he had said then that the government would bring a law to outlaw trading in cryptocurrency. The RBI followed it up by saying banks couldn't allow people to invest in crypto. All that changed only in 2020 when the Supreme Court set aside the RBI's rule after which several cryptocurrency exchanges entered India prompting thousands of new investors to jump in and millions of dollars in investment to pour in and ads from Bollywood stars lining up. Shugata Ghosh who writes on banking, finance and economy at the Economic Times says that the number of Indians and the amount they have invested in cryptocurrencies being bandied about may be exaggerated. However, he says the government has to step in now to regulate. I speak to him about policy issues at stake and the challenges the regulators will face. Shugata also has a critical tip for those who are making their debut in crypto investments. The PM Chaired Committee has said that all future uh, steps on crypto will be progressive. Uh, Shakti Kanta Das, as RBI Chairman, seems to be uh, quite concerned, and he's been uh, sort of raising a red flag repeatedly. What's going on? Give us a sense of where this dissonance is coming from. Well, we have had a confused and muddled beginning uh, with crypto. Uh, it will be unfair to say that india is the only country to have faced that uh, governments and uh, central banks of various countries they are trying to figure out and grapple with this new animal hmm uh, 
And for a year, more than a year, we have uh, let the situation uh, run its course. And now we have reached a level where crypto has developed a critical mass, where cross of investors have put in thousands of cross of uh, investments. And it's no longer possible to ignore it because tomorrow if there is a, a crash or a blowout or on the entire crypto market, a lot of people will end up losing money. And a lot of them are young people. The government does not want to come across as somebody who would be stifling innovation. And it will also be a setback to the entire fintech sector. Because after all, crypto is a combination of finance and technology. And we are getting a lot of foreign investments uh, in uh, financial technology. Even one of the crypto exchanges have received foreign investment. So you'd end up sending a very wrong signal if you go ahead and impose an outright ban on crypto. So that is from where the government is coming. And that is perfectly understandable. But Shokti Kantudash voices the typical concerns that a regulator is supposed to have. Because crypto is just not a community, is not is just not a security or a commodity. It is a quasi-currency. You can use crypto to buy certain things. You can just just not in on the dark web. So if there is a parallel currency, it can create financial instability. It can also create a monetary policy challenge if the currency volumes grow uh, rapidly. For instance, I'll give you an example. If tomorrow you withdraw your money from bank deposits and buy crypto mm. and hold that crypto in your private wallet. And if a lot of people do that, then suddenly we'll find a dramatic drop in bank deposits. At a time when, when interest rates are so low, for a lot yeah. of younger people, it might be a, who are less risk averse, it might be an, uh, an alluring prospect. Yes, it's just not the young people. Many people are trading uh, in cryptos. Uh, not that everybody is making money because, as usual, many have been late entrants and the crypto market has been extremely volatile. But, uh, but the nature of the beast is such that we don't have regulations and we are yet to begin thinking that how to frame the regulations. After the Parliamentary Standing Committee's meeting with the different crypto stakeholders, the industry body, the crypto exchanges, uh, it is now given to understand that cryptos will exist in India in some form with certain controls and it will be regulated. But it's unclear that who regulates cryptos. What are your concerns? Like, what would be your immediate concerns? Uh, also, given the fact that a lot of the crypto exchanges are big on self regulation. Are they putting out sufficient data? Well, first and foremost, we don't know who is holding how many cryptos. For instance, as far as stocks are concerned, other assets are concerned, uh, there are different mechanisms to figure out the total holding of residents and companies. Most of the investments in cryptos are by individuals. How many people are holding how many cryptos. We don't have that basic data, number one. Number two, we don't know whether these cryptos have been bought in the local market or they have been bought from overseas, either by sending money through the banking channels or transferring money to your relatives who buy it on behalf of you and then transfer it to your wallet from theirs. 
there are some people who are doing absolutely legitimate kosher transactions because they find the banks too expensive. For instance, I know a gentleman who transferred money to his kid who is studying abroad. And instead of using the banking channels, he used the money to buy a crypto and transfer that crypto to his kid's wallet who is in the US. Why would he do that? Why would he opt for crypto over traditional currency? The banking channels can be very expensive. For instance, if today rupee is trading at 74, and if you want to go and buy dollars from the bank, you have to, you'll be giving rupees equivalent rupees and you have to convert it into dollars. The bank will not give you a very favorable exchange rate. They will charge a stiff markup. Over and above that, there is a transfer and handling charges. So to save all that, if you just buy crypto with your uh, domestic currency, you get the crypto in your wallet. And after that, you have to just transfer the crypto to your Scrid's wallet, who is studying abroad. Now, that brings it to a very gray area, because mm. whether it's a violation of the Foreign Exchange Management Act. Because even though you're not sending dollars, but what you are doing is that you are sending crypto, but that crypto has been acquired by spending rupees in India. So in a way, rupees crossing the borders. As we discussed in our recent podcast, one of the one of the purposes of demonetization, for instance, was to make sure that black money is not used for terrorist purposes. Now, crypto can be used by anybody for any purpose. Well, the central banks have two concerns. One is the financial stability, and the other is uh, shady transactions. For instance, if if there is no visibility, if the regulator doesn't know how many cryptos are being transacted, how many cryptos are entering the country. Now, if this anonymity continues, then there is a high probability that people who want to uh, hide their transactions will use this route to transfer money. The crypto owes its origin because of its mistrust towards government, the sovereigns, and the central bankers. So the crypto community, they hate the fiat currency, they hate the sovereign-backed currency, and they uh, very strongly guard their privacy. So the blockchain technology, which which underlies the crypto, can actually track all transactions. And that is one of the, the advocates of crypto say that this is the most transparent and uh, foolproof way of doing transactions, of uh, exchanging assets, transferring money or anything, right? Because you can track each and every transactions and those transactions, that ledger cannot be tampered with. So it is absolutely foolproof. While that is true, you don't quite know. For instance, you will know that one crypto has moved from wallet A to wallet B. So wallet A could be a person uh, in India. Wallet B could belong to a person who could be anywhere in the world or the person next door. You don't know. Now, this anonymity is something which is unacceptable to central banks and sovereigns, where they want to track each and every money movement, at least the large Mm. money movements. Because of threat of uh, money laundering, the concerns over... uh, terror financing, and it is perfectly understandable. What is the origin of this mistrust of of central banks? 
uh, why is it that a long established financial system is no longer working for people it uh, while crypto has been there for years but the mistrust actually deepened after the financial meltdown of 2008-9 when when large parts of the world discovered that the sovereigns and the central banks after years of loose monetary policy and printing money uh, they have created this asset bubbles with low levels of regulation and that has led led to job losses and uh, mortgage foreclosures that deepened the uh, the distrust towards central bankers so they want a currency which can which nobody can control where is this whole idea of regulating crypto is at and where are we at in india well there is not much of a difference small countries like el salvador and others they have made cryptos as legal tender so that's an extreme step to take uh, i don't think uh, any of the liberal western democracies or japan uh, they will pull back crypto so cryptos are here to stay but the form and the disclosures will have to change otherwise the central banks will not let a new product which is a quasi currency uh, to grow lips and bounds where it becomes where it spins out of control india it's a, they're making a beginning the parliamentary standing committee has said that okay cryptos would continue but we need regulations and and here comes the problem uh, how do you regulate it and it's a very long way off but i feel the greatest challenge will come in the kyc process in monitoring these transactions in making sure that the crypto route is not being misused by non state actors uh, is there a kind of a ceiling in india on how many uh, currencies Uh, can be permitted to trade currently there is none but i will not be surprised that if a rule comes where they say that certain currencies they give a certain number of currencies or they specify the currencies which can be traded on indian exchanges and also uh, what kind of currencies not all cryptos there are certain private virtual currencies which are not as traceable as transparent as the mainline cryptos so they may weed out they may ban certain currencies they may prefer certain currencies which are easier to trace we have to go through a plethora of rules to make sense because uh, understand one thing uh, even far easier stuff we have taken far longer time uh, to come out with regulations just think mm. of com- commodity futures now futures trading commodity futures trading have been in india for hundreds of years uh, we know that uh, in the 19th century early 20th century indian traders in bombay in gujarat they were trading with uh, exchanges in the us in alexandria all these trades used to happen future contracts so we have had a rich and a long history of future contracts but the government took a fairly long time this happened with commodities when we for a for something we have a long history and a great understanding 
So crypto, which is very little understood, where there is so much of controversy, where the central bank is has voices, reservations, absolutely openly. I mean, I would say that it's a minefield. Framing these regulations would be a minefield. For the small uh, investor in crypto, what could be a big cause for concern that they should watch out for? Well, like all investment, they should only invest the amount they're ready to lose. Because this is something uh, which would, could be, which would be affected by international news, not by local news. If somebody hacks into your wallets, because today, if your bank account is hacked, you can go and tell the bank manager, or you can uh, tell the bank management, look, my account is hacked. I have fulfilled all KYC norms. I have been using online transactions, and you guys have assured me that this is a uh, secured way to transfer money, but nonetheless, my account has been trapped, uh, hacked, and you guys must compensate. But if your account today is hacked, if your wallet, crypto wallet is hacked, who do you go and tell? How do you recover your money? There is no regulator. And the exchange, if it says, look, uh, bad luck, we can't do anything. There is no recourse for the investor. So that is one thing which should, which investors should have at the back of their mind. Well, I would say that uh, the industry is for regulation because at the end of the day, a lack of regulation opens up the market for a lot of uh, spurious and fringe players, uh, including notorious ones who can mislead and, and this can lead to investor frauds. And the price would be, the collateral damage would be the ones who are legitimately into this scheme of things. So therefore, industry was open for regulation. I'm All I'm saying is that we may not have the answers to the all the concerns that the government may have. But that doesn't prevent us from going forward with regulations on a graduated approach. That's Ramesh Kailasam, CEO of IndiaTech.org, an industry association that represents India's consumer internet startups. This year, they released a white paper on cryptocurrency market in India. Here, Ramesh Kailasam tells my colleague Arun George how despite the fact that cryptocurrencies' origins lie in the principles of anonymous and untraceable ownership, the industry has actually proposed a number of measures to be more transparent. One of his big suggestions is that cryptocurrencies should be classified as assets rather than currencies. If I am the RBI and I am the gatekeeper uh, for and the custodian for reserves as well as foreign currencies and a range of other things, uh, and the financial health of the country is dependent on me, if I see money getting drained out in a particular activity, obviously that is of concern. The way out that we suggested was that, I mean, it is a currency if you accorded the status of a currency in your geographical boundaries. Stop giving it that status. And that's what most of the developed economies have done, is that they have not accorded the, the status of a currency. They have called it either an asset or a property or whatever. Uh, we said, we let's take a similar stand uh, because we can't be stopping innovation and we can't be uh, potentially kind of uh, stalling the fact that there is wealth creation happening out of these assets globally. And therefore, we can't be potentially blocking Indians from having it. Uh, so therefore, we need to figure out a mechanism where your insecurity of uh, legal tender competition is avoided. And ways and means of regulation for an asset 
as I said, already exists in our books somewhere. So all those have to be evoked to add the word cryptocurrency. And certain things that does not exist have to be written. That makes your homework fairly simple. The remainder comes from what needs to be governed around this, which also can be invoked from how do you, certain provisions I can pull up from how do I uh, govern my stocks? How do I govern commodities? How do I govern gold? And I can create a composite out of that and probably apply it to crypto. So one major aspect and that keeps coming up is the aspect of KYC or know your customer, which exists across other financial assets. How big a concern is something like KYC for the crypto industry? Yeah, I think KYC is a fundamental second bedrock, I would say. The first bedrock, I would say, is investor protection. The second bedrock that has to be built upon is KYC, strong KYC norms. So what we did was we analyzed RBI KYC norms, SEBI KYC norms, FATF recommendations on KYC. And we came with a far more stringent recommendation on ideally what should be the KYC that should be followed, which we shared with the exchanges. The exchanges are also uh, in, in, in agreement with that and they are putting that in place. Most of them have already some form of KYC in place. They're further giving teeth to it. And therefore... Uh, that's the thing which we have sent to the government as well to say that ideally a KYC norm should be put in place. So one of the things we recommended was maybe that India should start with allowing Indian domiciled, Indian founded exchanges as the ones on which Indians can trade, as the platforms in which they can trade. And gradually when we mature, we can decide on how much to open the market upon. And even in that case of Indian exchanges, we had recommended that maybe we should allow, I mean, we entrust our cash on with banks, which, uh, which have 74% FDI. So which means that uh, the similar concept could be accorded here to the exchanges. And the second thing that we have also recommended is that because of the kind of number of cryptocurrencies and exchanges that exist, it is equally important that investors may not know what is good and what is bad. Uh, Indians and Indian exchanges should work together along with the government to decide and put a filterism, a filter mechanism in place where you decide on what kind of coin should be allowed. As an investor, I expect my exchange to tell me, don't randomly put money on everything and everything. We will do the filtration process to tell you these are the coins which have a pedigree, they have a history, they have a timeline, they are backed by so-and-so or not backed by so-and-so and the risk factors are these and therefore these are being uh, filtered for your uh, thing. Just like a broker would tell you that, look, these are the stocks you should invest in. Don't invest in a stock that is lying rock bottom. We don't know if the founders are there or they're not there. Um, you know, we've had this plethora of advertising now maybe over the past year where you've had people jumping into crypto sort of headlong. And like you said, there is fundamentally no protection for them right now, right? As it stands. This is something which we have been working with the industry. See, one is, of course, attracting the investor to say, okay, you need to, I mean, uh, the FOMO factor or fear of missing out and all that stuff. But at the same time, I think what is critical is responsible advertising is a must for this sector. I think it's also time that Advertising Standard Council and crypto industry works together to come with responsible advertising. And those who are not obviously stand out. I mean, they 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 are to face the music wherever they if they if they don't responsibly do it. So I think those kind of things need to be put in place quickly. Otherwise, you will have the fringe players promising the moon, and uh, the 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 legit ones obviously paying the collateral damage for it. And in terms of investor security, how would it work? Because 
um, say like right now, if a bank goes down, you have certain amounts that are insured. Uh, how would it work for something like a cryptocurrency then? Well, this is something that currently doesn't have an answer because you're trading in an asset. I mean, in, in, in case of in banks and other things, you have some backing with deposits with RBI and so on, plus the insurance cover and so on. Uh, doesn't exist here because this is a global uh, phenomenon. It's not a local one. And therefore, uh, you need to have checks and balance in place on what happens when such a thing happens. Uh, because, uh, I mean, when there is bloodbath in the stock exchange, you can tell the stock exchange to stop trading. But here the trade continues to go on globally, right? It's a 24-hour phenomenon. So yeah, those are things that need to be thought through. There is no clear-cut answer as of today. But uh, I think those are things that will evolve. Once we talk regulation, those things will begin to evolve and we'll have solutions. So even in terms of like risk profile, an investor kind of has to just trust the exchange they're on and kind of take which, that. Which is why we went into the mechanism to say that, see, of the 13, 14,000 that exists, there are 90% of those which may fall in that category. Which is why currently, if you look at the Indian exchanges, I think you get an inventory of around 150 to 200 types of things. That itself is... Uh, kind of evidence to the fact that there is a filtration mechanism required from day one on what should be allowed and what should not be. For example, your Bitcoin has survived over time. So obviously it makes the cut, but somebody else creates something in the morning and shuts it by evening. Obviously that puts you at risk. So I think we have to do that wait and watch game for certain types of things to be brought in purely from an investor protection perspective. What are the potential upsides to us getting a crypto law or a law that regulates this technology? So I would recommend that this has a huge livelihood potential. This has a huge uh, kind of uh, tech potential to build the next, uh, what you call, um, uh, I, I would say, skilling in this space. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, I think, as I said, we can become the hub for the next tech revolution if we play it right. Uh, re regulation only ensures for now that uh, it is not misused. And it is not misused to such an extent that everybody is forced to shut shop. It is something that has to be gradually built in. And therefore, uh, and this is something where the industry also has to participate or the government should seek industry help as it goes along in the journey to ensure that the direction is clear. Uh, that's the way forward. For This is for people who are expecting that there is a regulation that will be written tonight and brought in tomorrow. <laughs> Today's episode is produced by Arun George and Sunay Marathe. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TOI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at toipodcasts at timesinternet.in.